And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I am your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. They are the team to help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And we we love them. Fullscale is amazing. So we have with us today, I, I'm super, super jazzed. And, and when we talk about guests on the Startup Hustle show, I always kind of have a running list of folks that I really, really want to talk to on Startup Hustle because I think they'll have an interesting perspective and I, or I think they're really cool humans or both of those things at the same time. And today we have one of those guests. We have with us Carissa Forte, and she is CEO and Editor-in-Chief of Grace and Grind. Carissa, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, so I am super jazzed. And not only because in addition to being amazing and awesome and CEO and editor-in-chief of Grace and Grind, you are also a member of the Innovate Her KC leadership team. Uh, you know, super proud to to have you aboard. But I'm I'm really excited for this conversation because I think you're gonna you, you're gonna be talking about a very important topic that I don't think gets enough airtime. And we're gonna be talking about self-care for entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, so, so why don't we go ahead and just kick it off and I'm going to ask you the softball question. Carissa, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Grace and Grind. Tell us about your journey. Okay. So Grace and Grind is a health and wellness publication, podcast, and shop. Um, yeah. We basically, we just believe that self-care is the most selfless thing that you can do. And our goal is to help our audience keep their cups full, which we do through our articles, through every episode. We try to bring some laughter and transparency into the whole health and wellness journey. And uh, with our herbal blends that we have in our shop, we also have, we do a little bit of B2B work too with other health and wellness businesses where we offer different partnerships and uh, writing services for other health and wellness businesses who don't have time to manage blogs and whatnot, but we have plenty of writers to do that. So, so yeah, that's what Grace and Grind is. That is awesome. And, and so tell me, I, I want to get to the real heart of the matter. And so I'm going to kick it off this way. So, so why is self-care so important? Oh my gosh, Lauren. So answering this question, I can't answer it without thinking about how me and my husband, Wesley, started Grace and Grind. Wesley is the co-host of the show, and he's also the CFO of the company. Um, we just celebrated 10 years of marriage uh, back in March. And one of the things that we learned along this journey is that marriage is hard. It's tough. It's a blended family. Um, we are two people trying to bring two completely different belief systems 
together. And at one point in time, we honestly thought that we were not going to make it. And we seriously contemplated divorce. So both of us being the ambitious people we are, we said, you know what, let's give this one good final push. Let's do some serious counseling and, you know, to see what we can figure out. And that season of our life was probably the most amazing season ever, because in that we learned that neither one of us had a healthy relationship with self-care. I'm someone who's very individualistic. I'm me, myself, and I, this is mine. (laughs) And Wesley, on the other hand, is all about us togetherness and we and ours and, you know, all the, the corny, cheesy stuff, as I call it. I can uh, totally see that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, that is not even, a, neither one of those things are at all surprising to me. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So we just had to learn how to bring the two together, how to balance both, not only balance, but recognize the strengths in our individualities in marriage and and that togetherness. So along that journey, I became a certified health coach and I was still working a nine to five doing digital marketing stuff at the time. And he lost 100 pounds. Yes, ma'am. He Get got the front pounds. door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had this idea. We were like, yo, like, we need to like share what we've learned with people, you know? So we decided to do a podcast and we started that in, what was it? January 24th of 2020 was when we started our podcast. And in the mid, like, like, oh, right. So that was right right before before. it started. Yes. And then come March, your whole world blew up because everybody's whole world grew up, blew up. Yes. And what was crazy, Lauren, is that by February 2nd, I did not plan this, but at that point in time, I was working a really toxic nine to five job. And on Super Bowl Sunday, I quit. I was like, I am done. I've had enough. I, I, and I just quit. And had no idea that the pandemic was coming, right? Right. Um, so, and it hit like six weeks later. Yeah. And I already kind of had a little reputation of being a little, a little health coach, like someone who's all into all the health and wellness things. But also I had a reputation for doing websites and social media and whatnot. So that actually was like, me and Wesley were like, yo, this is the time. Like if, if there's any time where people need both health and wellness and digital marketing, it's now. Sure. So on April- you, have, you have a captive audience for the marketing piece. Like people yes. who are forced to stay home on their computers. That That is an opportunity. But you know what? That's the entrepreneurial way to see that as an opportunity. Exactly. You, you exactly. entrepreneur. <laughs> So I started freelancing my work. And then on April 22nd, we became a full-blown LLC and it just took off from there. So in that, we definitely learned um, the importance of self-care, not just for for us and our marriage, but also in terms of what does self-care look like as business owners? He, his nine to five, he still has his nine to five. Um, he's a teacher, so 
that whole self-care piece was completely revamped for him. Um, we're, we're also thinking about self-care and mental health for our kids. So when it comes to, to self-care, it's like you cannot be the fullest, healthiest, more, most efficient version of yourself, nor can you be as efficient as you're designed to be in your relationships with other people or in what you want to do in your personal endeavors without self-care. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so there's that, that saying or like that concept that like when you're on an airplane, they always tell you that if, if, if shit starts to go down and the face masks drop down, if you have a kid with you, put your mask on first, because only if you put your mask on, can you help the person next to you, right? Exactly. So, so that's kind of whenever I think about self care, that's how, that those are the terms that I try to think about it. And you know, like self care is important. I have to care for myself so that I can then you know fill my cup and then care for others, right? Exactly. You cannot yeah. pour from an empty cup. That's you right. Keep your cup full. Well, so so you said something really interesting about you and Wesley, and I, and and I love watching your relationship and hearing about your relationship, you know, I, I, I love it when I see people who are like, not just in love, but in love in like a really productive, healthy kind of way. Like you're the kinds of like, from what I have seen, like you push each other and you help each other mm-hmm. and you support each other and like all of those things that you want in a true partner. And so, so you said something really interesting and you talked about the fact that you kind of have different approaches to, to self-care and how that manifests in your life. So can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that? Like what does self-care look like for you? And then what does self self self-care look like for him? Yeah. So for me, I am the, the one who's like a hundred percent entrepreneur, right? Like I've known, I fought it for years. Um, and mostly because of fear, I didn't think that I, I truly knew how to generate income off of ideas, but that's a whole nother story that I proved wrong within myself. Mind sure. You. Sure. Um, but clearly <laughs> being someone who's, I'm consistently on the go. My mind is always on 10 Lauren. Like I, oh, I, can up, <laughs> listen, I can come up with probably 10, 20 different business ideas alone in a day. And so for me, self-care looks like knowing when to press pause, when to stop and honoring the weekends. That became a big thing for me, like not working on the weekends and just being present in the moment, meditating. Um, So yeah, just doing those things to help my mind stop racing and to just give myself a break is how self-care looks like for me. That's pretty much the premise of my self-care experience. For Wesley, he is Mr. Self-Sacrificial Love. (laughs) Wait, what's what's his love language? Quality time. It's quality time. Quality time. All right. And mine is gifts. So we have a very interesting... (laughs) <laughs> I just choked on my water a little bit for our <laughs> listeners at home. <laughs> yeah. So for him, because he is so much about self-sacrifice and giving so much of himself, he yeah. has learned how to put himself first. And he's learned that doing that is not selfish. It is, like we say, the most selfless thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, so 
for him, it's about making sure he doesn't compromise his workout times or his time to go out with his boys. Like, I am that wife that's like, boo, you don't have to ask me nothing. Like, just go have yeah. fun. Like, sure, communicate, you know, whatever. But I'm definitely not the whole, we need to talk about every little thing. <laughs> Check yeah. every five minutes type of wife. So he's, he's definitely learned to claim his time. Um, and yeah, that's what, that's what self-care looks like for him is just claiming his time and, and not compromising on what's his. Well, and, and I think it's really interesting that, you know, the, the tactics and the manifestation between the two of you, it might look a little different, but mm -hmm. in both cases, you're instituting boundaries. Like you're, you're yes. placing very strong boundaries so that you can't, you know, so for you, that's, look, I'm not going to work on the weekends. I'm not going to work after, you know, five, six o'clock because I want to be with my family. And for, for him, that's, hey, you know, I'm not willing to compromise on going to work out or, you know, hanging out with the guys. And, and, and so I think that you've come to, it, it, these are different things, but it's all with the same foundation and same underpinning. I need to set very strong boundaries about what I will and will not accept and you know use that to kind of power my self-care so exactly so i love that um you know let's talk a little bit about productivity because i think that that's a huge piece of self-care that i don't think it's talked about enough so mm -hmm. you know one there are a lot of benefits to self-care they are personal psychological um, but one of the things that i know entrepreneurs experience so frequently is burnout and when you're in yeah. the midst of burnout, like I know that when I'm feeling burned out, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of slowly eking along, but my passion is it's muted. You know, it's definitely a lot quieter and it's harder for me to get jazzed, which makes it harder for me to get in and grind, you know? And, and so I think that one of the things that I love most about taking that intentional time for self-care is the fact that when I feel, when my spirit and my soul and my mind feel at peace and ready to take on the world, I do my work better and I do it yes. faster. So talk to us about that. Like, what have you seen, you know, with the clients that you work with, like even, you know, yourself, like how does your self-care help with your productivity? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you said, um, that your spirit and soul like feels rejuvenated because yeah. it reminds me just the creation story in the Bible, which I feel like anyone can learn from regardless of whatever religion or spiritual background they have. One of the things that I love about the story of creation is that there are, <laughs> I'm a bit of a nerd about this stuff, but there are over 85 different names for God in the Bible. And yeah, and <laughs> I, didn't know, I just made a face. Uh, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, because the Bible wasn't written in English, right? It was written, sure. the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written, written in Greek. So when you look at it in its original context and whatnot, there's over 85 different names for God. And each name kind of gives insight into his character and the relationship that he wants to have with humanity. So in the story of creation, the name for God is Elohim, which means strong creator. And what I love about that is 
when you look at the story of creation after the first day, it says after he created whatever during the first day, which was basically just separating the light from the darkness, it says there was evening, then there was morning and that was day one. So it's like right there in the story of creation, it's, it starts with this principle of rest. And then when you fast forward to day seven, when it's all said and done, it says on the seventh day, he rested. So this principle of rest is both the beginning of the creative process and the end of the creative process. And when I think about how it says that we were, were made in the image of God, we're, we're created by a creator to create. So we're creators in and of ourselves. So when it comes to being productive in whatever it is we're creating, whether it's a home or a business or projects for our nine to five or whatever the case may be, the key principle in, in, that product, in that productivity is rest and honoring your rest, um, which completely just ties back to self-care, right? It's like rest is such a big part of self-care and we live in a culture in which we've been taught, especially our generation, that you know we're the hustle generation. You know We're the ones who sleep is for when we're dead and whatnot, but it's like, yeah. yo, that is not how we are designed. Where you look, whether you're looking at it spiritually or scientifically, and I believe that science is just the physical manifestation of the spiritual world. So, with whichever way you're looking at it, it's like you have to honor your rest if you want to be productive in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so there are a lot of like pe people that we would view as very successful, particularly in like mental endeavors. So like uh, Nikola Tesla, I think is one, Leonardo mm -hmm. da Vinci is one. And these are people who extolled the benefits of naps. They, yeah. they loved to take a, you know, a little mental health break in the middle of the day and take a quick little cat nap to get refreshed and rejuvenated and then knock right back into it. Um, and so, so I think that that's, that's really interesting. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, so we're going to talk a little bit about our, uh, you know, self-care tactics, but I, I do want to talk to you about this. So, so we actually asked the innovator community um, at one point, we, we took a poll and I think the question was, what is your biggest struggle when it comes to self-care? And what's super fascinating, you know, th this, this whole experience, it's very, um, you know, people experience self-care differently, but mm -hmm. they all approach it from a very similar way. And so we saw like a lot of commonalities in people's responses. I, I'm too tired. I have no motivation. I have no time. I, a lot of people talked about the fact that they struggle with giving themselves permission to engage yeah. in self-care. Because like, oh, well, if I'm taking time for me, what are the things that I'm not doing? Am I sacrificing family time? Am I sacrificing time on the business? Am I, you know, sacrificing time with my kids? You know, whatever that might be. And so we kept seeing the same answers time and time again. And I just want to ask you, what what do you see in your work with your clients and in the work with, you know, your podcast guests? Like, what are the biggest barriers to practicing self-care? There's two. The first one is I think that people don't identify with self-care. Um, and here's what I mean. It's, it's like this with 
anything that you're trying to achieve, honestly. But it's this idea that, okay, my, my mentality is geared towards it. Um, and I'm doing the things, but I don't necessarily identify with it. In other words, self-care isn't just a part of who you are, right? So yeah. when I hear people say, I don't have time for it, I don't have time for it, that in and of itself reflects a mentality in which self-care is something that you do as opposed to it just being part of who you are, right? Right. So for example, just going throughout the day from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to sleep at night, self-care is woven into everything that you do. If I've been working for an hour, then me being me having self-care at the forefront says, okay, let's go take a 10 minute break. You know, um, if I'm choosing what to eat for lunch is okay. Are you taking your, your hormones into consideration? Are you taking your, um, just, you know, whatever, whatever diet is best for your lifestyle, are you taking those things into consideration or are you just feeding whatever feels good for your emotions? You know, are you getting eight hours of sleep at night? You know, just self-care is just, it's something that we have to identify with and make part of, make it a part of who we are instead of it being something that we do. So that's the first issue that I think, um, people have. The second one is I don't think people understand the difference between self-care versus self-soothing, which is, Ooh, yeah. Right. Let's hear more about that. (laughs) So we talked, we did a whole episode on the grace and grind podcast about that. I can't remember the episode number it is. Um, Oh yes, I do. It's episode 13. Boom. There you go. Um, but, but the difference is the way I like to think about it is that self-care is proactive and self-soothing is reactive. So self-care is what you do in order to keep your cup full, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it is taking the herbs every day, right? As opposed to taking the medicine after you're already sick. You see what I'm saying? Self-soothing are that's things like, um, huh, I'm going to take a bubble bath to unwind, or I'm going to um, have this glass of wine to take the edge off, which is totally fine, right? Um, So yeah, yeah. like both of those things sound valid, Mm -hmm. but you just need to make sure that you're you're you know doing the right ratio. Exactly. I'm definitely, I am great at self-soothing. I am terrible at self-care. So, so I I like that you differentiate between the two. That's, that's Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to like, I'm going to be using that just so you know, like I'll be like, you know, hashtag Carissa Forte, you know, (laughs) but anytime I mention it, but no, that's brilliant. Uh, so, so, for our listeners, another way that you can practice self-care and, you know, excuse my, my awkward segue, but another way that you can practice self-care is by finding help and finding people who can like be in it with you and getting the support you need. And one of the ways that you can do that is through engaging 
fullscale.io, our episode sponsors. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and they can help you get out of the mire of all of that technical stuff that you don't want to deal with and the hassle, and they make it so easy so that you can focus on self-care and you can focus on the important things in your life and step away from some of the hassle and frustration. So thank you to, to fullscale.io. Uh, so I want to talk, I want to talk tactics. You know, what are some of the ways, you know, we, we've been talking in, in specifically, I want to talk self-care. I don't want to talk self-soothing because I think we all mm-hmm. know, like, you know, let's go grab a beer after work or let's, uh, you know, take that bubble bath. And I think that those are lovely things to do. But I want to talk about ways that entrepreneurs, the folks listening at home, what can they do to intentionally practice self-care? Mm-hmm. I think the first one is the easiest. Well, maybe it's not the easiest. I think yeah. it's the most obvious. And that is getting eight hours of sleep every night. Okay. Like sure. that is, I, listen, I'm a night owl. Okay. So I say it's not the easiest because of that. Yeah. But the days that I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed when the kids go to bed, you know, and I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. The next day is always the most productive day of the week. So getting that sleep in is, is definitely crucial. I also think that doing some of those nutrition things um, is really important too. I'm someone who believes in bio-individuality, which mm-hmm. is the idea that you know nutritional theory is only half the story and you have to take your goals and your genes and, and your hormones and just the whole genetic makeup of your literal body into consideration to find what works for you. I think that that is huge as well. Like sleep, nutrition, hydration are, are key, especially for entrepreneurs. Um, because I feel like, again, we're so busy and we're so focused on grinding and hustling and doing as much as, as possible in the 24 hours that we have. So those three things are really going to help keep your mind clear and focused. Sure. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, because I, I think that those are all really great things. Um, one of the things that, that you had, had mentioned offline that I, I kind of, re- I wanted to make a note to circle back to, um, let's talk about how entrepreneurs show up at work, whether they are being entrepreneurial within a larger organization or whether they have their startup and they're just bringing on their first employees. How can entrepreneurs build a culture of self-care within their working environments, not just personal self-care, but making sure that it kind of permeates and trickles through to the team? Because it, 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 you know, there, there's that that saying out there that like, if you don't establish your culture, someone else is going to establish it for you. And so let's talk about the intentional ways that you can create a strong wellness and um, yeah, self-care culture. Yes, I love that. So one of the things that I believe is that when we're talking about health and wellness, um, there's... I feel like spirituality is an intricate part of health and wellness that kind of gets swept under the rug. 
And when I'm talking about spirituality, I'm not necessarily talking about any religious belief, but I'm talking about things like implementing empathy um, or, or expressing grace, um, having gratitude, those mindsets that we treat as characteristics of people, but they're really mindsets. And I feel like when, when you implement those things, when those things are woven into the fabric of your culture and how you treat your team, your business partners, um, anyone who has anything to do with your business, then self-care kind of blossoms out of that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, I, I, I love that. And I feel like self-care and I mean, Kurt, you're the expert, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like self-care is kind of a self-fulfilling cycle. Mm-hmm. Like if you make space for it, then it, it, it becomes easier to continue to make space for it because it becomes a, a habit, a practice. Exactly. It becomes a part of who you are. Right. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I, I thought was so interesting, um, you know, we we get these kind of guest suggested topics on the front end. And then, you know, I, we call them set lists. And I look at them before we hop in here. And one of the things that I loved um, about something that you said, and I want to I want to pick at it like I want to I want to hear more because you said, quote, here, here's what you said quote unquote, making room for culture and tradition in the health and wellness space. What did you mean by that? Oh my gosh. So um, in my experience, um, I have seen that the health and wellness industry industry is really whitewashed. And when it comes to how we eat, how we move, things of that nature, at in the beginning, which is kind of hard to pinpoint, well, when was the beginning? But it seemed like when it first started to really blossom and people started to first kind of pay attention and take it to take it seriously, it was really dominated by white women. And in that, I don't think that this was an intentional thing that happened, but it is something that happened, is that when we looked at, um, well, how does my... Indian ancestry or my African ancestry or my Mexican ancestry and the things that we eat and and sure. and whatnot. Where does that fit into this? It was really vilified. Yeah. Um, you know, when I think about this idea of soul food, right? Just as a black woman, right? And soul food, there is this Netflix documentary called High on the Hog. And I think that everybody in the entire world should watch it because it pinpoints. I'm writing it down to watch it later. Yes, girl. You and get your tissue box ready. Oh, okay? no, don't tell me that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it connects where we are now as Black Americans to our, our, how we dared to survive during slavery and then it connects that to, to home and to how our ancestors were eating in Africa and how just the dishes and things that we have now, it's like, it's almost like our ancestors knew 
there's going to be our, a lot of our descendants are not ever going to step back on this land. So we need to pass down our stories and our traditions to them through our food. So it's like, uh, it was just so good. It was so good. But anyway, yeah. um, so I feel like at the same time, when you look at the health and wellness space, um, soul food is like frowned upon. Like because I think you, like when I when I think of soul food, I do tend to think of like things that are fried and things that are, you know, there there's a lot of seasoning and spices. But and, and don't get me wrong, I love soul food. But there is a perception there, kind of. And and you mentioned that like the health and wellness industry is is whitewashed. And like I, whenever somebody says that to me, I'm like I always think of yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. when, when you think of a yoga practitioner, you think of a skinny, affluent white lady. Yeah. But yoga has its origins in India, and right. in, in you know cultures that are not remotely white. And so, exactly. so I, 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 you, you say that, and I just it resonates me. It resonates with me because I'm like, yeah, I, I can see that truism. Yeah. Um, you know, I think another piece of, of what you're talking about, you know, you mentioned, you know, going back to slavery. I mean, the fact is like slaves, their health care, they didn't get to go to doctors. Absolutely. Their health care was it was passed down herbal medicine. And when I and then, you know, you 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 grow up and slavery ends, but you still have Jim Crow and you still have systemic you know, racism. Mm -hmm. You have a culture where people of color, communities of color are continually victimized by the mm -hmm. healthcare system, by practitioners who lie to them or use them in ways that, that totally take advantage. And so you have, you have a culture where I, when I first started Innovate Her KC, one of the things that I noticed that I had never thought about before was the fact that there were so many women of color and specifically black women who were engaging in holistic wellness practices and businesses. Mm -hmm. We're going to sell herbs. We're going to, you know, we're going to create centers for wellness. We're going to, uh, you know, become doulas or nice. they could kind of, and I, the impression that I always got, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm by no stretch an expert, but you have a, a group of women who are saying, we have been charged with the health and wellness of our community. And we're mm -hmm. going to step up and we're going to do it because there is a system out there that has continually victimized us and fucked us over. Right. Yes. 100%. And, yeah. And so I just thought that that was interesting. And I, I know you were, you were making a point about soul food and I apologize for interrupting, but I, no, just wanted, you're I wanted to make some space for that piece of the conversation. Cause I think that's a hugely important piece of the conversation that we don't talk about enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, just to go back to what, you know, what we were saying about soul food and whatnot, like, yeah, there are fried foods and whatnot, but there's also, greens and sweet potatoes and you know and when you when you think about um rice farmers like something i learned from the documentary is that no one knew how to grow rice over on this soil until the slaves the africans were brought over as slaves to farm the rice so um it's no different than italian dishes all, if you eat all oil and pasta all day, then you know it's it's like it's the same difference. So yeah. there's healthy and unhealthy ways to 
um, eat in every culture and every ethnicity, you know? Um, sure. And I love that you brought up the healthcare system and whatnot. We're actually working on some articles right now for Grace and Grind about that. Um, I feel like that's another piece that can get vilified. I've seen women, and really this is women of all, of all races now, um, when they practice herbal medicine or essential oils, or they're even, even if they're um, basing things off of different phases of the moon, which is a real thing, um, they're labeled as witches. And it's like, mm, yeah. sure, there may be some women out there. There are women out there who identify as witches and whatnot, and that's cool. But when you honor the fact that we are part of nature and you recognize that a lot of this stuff is all interconnected, that doesn't automatically mean that it's witchcraft because we're not using Western pharmaceutical right. ways of doing things. So, well, and I mean, in, in many cases, I think some of the medicine being practiced is, you know, often more effective, less traumatizing to the body because it's yeah. natural you know so so i i love that um well so so let me gosh i have like five different ways that i could go conversationally and i i love it when that happens i hate it when that happens at the same time uh because i'm like wait i never know where to go but so, so tell me all right i'm going to ask you this if you could give the entrepreneurs listening at home one piece of advice, something that maybe they haven't thought about. Um, you know, we've we've talked about healthcare and practice. We've taught, or you know, wellness and practice. And and I'm really interested to hear, taking everything that we have discussed in mind, what would be your best advice to entrepreneurs looking to practice self care? Yes, definitely. Before I answer that, I'd also want to invite you guys to watch the Henrietta Lacks story. I believe it's Oprah who actually plays Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. It's a, a great story about a black woman who was taken advantage of in the so there, there is actually, That is actually one of my favorite books and it's sits right here next to me. Yes. Um, it's, it's by a woman named Rebecca Skloot and she talks about um, Henrietta Lacks who was the originator originator of the Hela cells. They were named mm -hmm. after her, Henrietta Lacks, H-E-L-A. And they were the first cells to be uh, propagated within a, a, a sterile Petri dish kind of environment. And mm -hmm. so it became possible all of a sudden for, um, for doctors to test medicines and to create uh, vaccines and things like that because they could re reproduce cells without continuously taking cells from people. And mm -hmm. that is all really great. But when, until you remember the genesis of that story, and it harkens yeah. back to what we were just talking about, the doctors that Henrietta Lacks was seeing for her cervical cancer never told her that they were harvesting her cells to be used. And so billions of dollars of the pharmaceutical mm -hmm. industry have been made off of these cells that are still in use today. And her family has seen none of it, no benefit whatsoever, even though she is responsible for the Hela line of cells. Yep. And so again, victimized, traumatized by a system, which is bullshit, uh, yeah. but a huge contributor to modern medicine as we know it today. 
Uh, so yeah. I, sorry, I get really excited about that you mentioned that because that it's one of my favorite books. It's very well written. I actually haven't seen the movie. Now I have to watch the movie. Yes, yes. I'm so glad that you're so. I I love that about you, Lauren. You're so informed and educated on just things that we as Black Americans have experienced. So kudos to you for that, for real. Uh, I, I'm a little, I'm a little baby in my knowledge, but I, I, I do think it's important to yes. continually learn. How about that? It's a process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Remind me, what was your, so, what, so what, is, what is your advice? So, so, so you were talking about uh, the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks, the movie, your, your advice to entrepreneurs lifted. Man, I knew that we were going to do it. I knew that we were going to go down like little conversational rabbit hole because we do that when we talk. But we went down a little rabbit hole. We took a detour. Thank you for staying with us, listeners. Uh, but what is the advice that you would give entrepreneurs? <laughs> and yes. yes. I would say one of the most important things is to understand the difference between fulfillment and validation as an entrepreneur. Ooh, so many times, so often, I feel like we do things, we build things, we create things, we go after certain career paths, whatever, because we're seeking validation and we're allowing what we do to shape who we are. When, and really, if you do that, I believe my theory is that that's a one track quick way to head towards midlife crisis. I believe that what we need to do when you seek fulfillment, that means you're letting who you are shape what you do. You're letting who you are steer the will, you know? So, yeah. and honestly, for me, that is one of the reasons why I believe Grace and Grind has taken off like it has, because this is the first time in my life where I have said, I am going to do what with I'm going to do what resonates with me as a woman and take not just my skills into consideration but my passions. Yeah. So doing radio, doing digital marketing, doing writing, all the things that I've done. I believe every job that I've ever had was an internship for Grace and Grind. <laughs> oh, sure, for sure. So so yeah, that would be my my big piece of, of advice is create a life that's rooted in fulfillment where who you are shapes what you do instead of the other way around. Because when you do it the other way around, now you're just creating a life that's rooted in validation. And that is a life that will crumble quickly. Wow. That was a, that's a pretty intense knowledge bomb, my friends. That, uh, <laughs> I love every little bit of that. That's amazing. Uh, so, so we're, we're coming up on the, the end of our time here and I'm going to ask you, I, you know what, like in the, in the view of the conversation that we've just had, like, usually this is a silly question and I, I don't want to ask you a silly question. I don't, I don't feel like it, okay. uh, but so, so I'm going to ask you, I'll ask you this. What is your favorite way to engage in self-care with your family? Oh, that's so good. Engaging in self-care with the family. Yeah. You know what? It's probably not going to be their favorite. <laughs> I'm asking you. I'm not asking them. <laughs> but my favorite thing, honestly, is when we all just like get all the herbs out the pantry and we make smoothies together. Like 
I love that. Yeah, I love that. The kids think it's cheesy, you know, whatever. No way. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> dude. But I, I love it because it's like I'm taking care of their health and I'm showing them different ways to be healthy um, sure. beyond exercising or, or eating right. So Nourish your body, nourish yeah. your soul. So, so real quick, real quick, what's your favorite smoothie recipe? You don't have to talk about proportions, but what's in it? Yes. Okay, so my favorite smoothie recipe, it's with our boss mode blend. And Ooh, I like mode, the name. Yes. So the boss mode blend is uh, maca and goji berries. And it smells like graham crackers and it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly protein shake. It is so good. I don't Girl. even know. I have to try it because I, I don't know yes. if I believe that. But I, I, yes. I'm willing to be disproven. So okay. okay. I'll have to give it a try. <laughs> yes, it's so good. And yeah. I just mix that with some almond milk. And sometimes I toss in a banana or some strawberries and it's it's so good and I love what it does for my for my mind and my body it really sure. takes care of me like from the time I wake up till the time I go to sleep so yeah that's my favorite all right well well we're gonna have to give it a try and all the folks listening at home are gonna have to give it a try uh Carissa thank you so much for taking the time you you know, I learned a lot and I had fun and I hope our <laughs> listeners did too um you are you are awesome I heartily uh encourage our listeners to check out the grace and grind podcast um learn more about carissa and wesley check out you know some of the awesome things that we're doing also i don't know if you knew this but have you heard that we started our own tv show about entrepreneurship uh startup hustle tv you can head on over to youtube search for startup hustle and then you can watch myself and some fellow founder cast member members uh you know the the mats who we all love and adore andrew morgans uh heather steppy you know just a whole bunch of awesome entrepreneurs talk about what it's like to start a business uh learn about the real stories of entrepreneurship so definitely check that out of course, we would like to thank once again our episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably, and helping us do what we do so well here at Startup Hustle. Hope we will catch you on the flip side, dear listeners, and thanks for taking the time to, to chat with us. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.